welcome back to our podcast. It's me, Vanessa, and today we have a very special episode. But before we get there, I want to say thank you so much to the drum roll, please. 64 people who tuned into our initial pilot episode. Um, I feel just about ready to quit my job and become a podcaster full time. Is this what fame feels like? Tabika, Brooke, how y'all feeling? I feel famous. Um, I told myself not to forget who I am and where I came from. And um, I'm really excited to be here. And I almost put on, I was just telling you earlier, I almost put on lipstick to record this at my computer. But then I was like, you know what, let me save it for episode three. (laughs) All right. So um, as is tradition, before we get into the show, I'm going to play us theme music for the week. Are you ready for this? Do it. Was I on mute? You were. I think you were on mute. I honestly am just happy to be here. So <laughs> I'm gonna play the song again. I'm gonna play the song again. Is this the remix? There's a remix? No. <laughs> We only really need to hear the chorus anyway. Very true. Uh, speak for yourself. Let the rain fall down. All right. Well, that's enough of that. Um, so I don't know what clues I can give for this artist this week. She absolutely changed my life. If you know anything about me, you know that I moved to this country when I was 10 years old and I learned everything that I needed to know about American culture from watching her TV show. So yeah. And (laughs) I would dramatically reenact that whole music video at any window I could find. And, And I quote, my parents literally told me I couldn't watch the show because they thought I was getting my attitude from that show. They thought I learned it from her. And I said, still watch it. <laughs> that is one of my favorite stories of the videos of all time. I Brooke, also- what's going on with your audio? <laughs> You're moving around. Am I? Yeah. Um, I also love Dabika. Wouldn't you you like base your entire wardrobe off of her and you would change when you went to school? I no no I they had the brand for the show that we won't name because everyone has to figure it out and I went and bought everything from it and in fourth grade I had some really good outfits fifth grade I just wore big tees and I gave up completely kind of like how I gave up on this year but um fourth grade I would say great outfits and honestly if I could go back in time I would wear all of them I love that the the song has two very distinct phases of my life. Um, It reminds me of two very distinct phases of my life. The first is obviously the show on Disney Channel. And I would go on DisneyChannel.com and play the the outfit changing game. (laughs) And then it like revived itself early high school as the soundtrack of um, Laguna Beach. And funny enough, the other day, I think, um, what's her face? Got divorced from what's his face? Um, Kristen Colleri. Yes, woman in the world. Uh, she married some football guy, and now they're divorced because he says she lacks character. And I'm like, did you not watch Laguna Beach and The Hills? Um, but she took a picture with Stephen Coletti, and <laughs> the internet went crazy. <laughs> the internet went. I went crazy. I don't know. I was never a Kristen Stephen fan. I was never really a Stephen Lauren fan. I don't think I was a Stephen fan, really. Loki, I really like Jason. Jason Miller. Was that his name? Wait, Jason was kind of terrible, but I agree with Steven was kind of boring and he was also awful to Kristen in the Cabo episode. So yeah, yeah. I remember the the thing that struck out to me as a you know 14-year-old Nigerian girl was like, people are letting their children go to Mexico for spring break. Like <laughs> 
barely allowed to go to a sleepover 10 minutes away. Like I had to write a note to my mom. My mom had to speak to my friend's mom. They had to like uh, corroborate um, sleep times and pickup times. And she had to have a list of, and I was like, these people are legitimately going to Mexico. Like what? That's like the OC when they go to um, like Mexico. Yeah, Tijuana and Marissa Cooper basically blacks out and it's a whole thing. And the whole time I was like, I can't wait to do exactly what Marissa Cooper is doing. And I didn't do that when I was 15. You didn't black out. She overdosed. Yeah, wait, she overdosed. (laughs) Not funny. That is not funny, but. (laughs) No, that's not. No. (laughs) But I completely forgot. But that my memory was telling me a, a blackout which really goes to show the effect that it has on a 15-year-old. Okay. Yeah, that episode was one of the top five most traumatic things to ever happen to me. And I think number one was probably the season three finale, which I won't spoil for anyone. Yeah, I'm still on like season two maybe on Hulu, but like, I don't know. I just couldn't keep my attention, but maybe I'll go back and finish it. I love it that they all look, well, Ryan looks like he's like 37 the whole time and it's just amazing. I will say in regards to Kristen, I, as I've gotten older, I have appreciated her much more than I did back when I watched Laguna Beach. Kristen Cavallari? Yes. I, she still reminds me of every white girl I hated in high school. I don't know what it is about her, but I don't know. Maybe that's something I should look into. <laughs> we would have been friends in high school. I don't know. Oh, hell yeah. We would actually, because I played volleyball and that's how I knew like half of the white population of my school and you seem like you would have played volleyball because the volleyball girls were the girls that weren't really athletic but they wanted to play a sport so they could be cute and wear like the short shorts and like no one gives a fuck if the volleyball team is like good or not and so it was a thing in my high school where you played volleyball you did dance and you played lacrosse obviously I did not go the lacrosse route or the field hockey route but that was sort of like my assimilation into white culture and I don't know. I think, I, I, I don't know if we would have been friends, Brooke. I feel like I would have just thought you were like the rest of them. But I'm glad, you know, I'm glad college happened. I respect that. And I understand that. But I think we would have been friends. I actually played, um, I played volleyball in middle school, but I played basketball in high school. So I was not on the volleyball team. So maybe we wouldn't have been friends. <laughs> <laughs> um. I'm very glad college happened and I'm very glad we all met because I don't know what I would do right now. Like what, instead of talking about exactly what I want to talk about, what would we be doing? I would just be watching TV. So I don't know. Well, speaking of white people traumatizing our lives, let's talk about (laughs) Yankee. I'm so sorry. Brooke is taking such a beating. I will okay. I will. I will hold on to. I, I have maybe like three more white jokes left, and then I'm done for the night. Lay them on. Nikki Haley spoke at the other convention that's happening right now. So if you want to go in on traumatizing Indian people as well, like I'm here. It's okay. <laughs> no, please lay it on me. This is like the smallest form of reparations I could possibly pay. <laughs> Oh my goodness. So did you guys actually watch the DNC from start to finish? Or most of it? Most of it. For night one and three, I did. Two, I did not watch the entirety of it. I was kind of bored. And also the first night was just way too much for me. The first night was just youth of America, like pander. Like I just was cringing. Yeah, the pledge thing. I was like, oh "Oh, God. Kill, kill me like I, I was like please make this stop because it just sort of brought me back to being in high school and me being too tired to stand up during the pledge and it just I was like no thank you to all of that so I think I missed in its entirety the first night honestly I won't lie I purposely did not watch it just because I feel like it wasn't made for people like me I know what I'm gonna do in November I don't want to do it but I'm gonna do it anyway um, and so I only watched when like I wanted to see certain speakers and I think Michelle Obama spoke the first night. I don't know what I, I think I was actually editing the first episode of Politically Tour the first night. So that's why I didn't watch. Um, but let's talk about this necklace that broke the internet. 
Um, Michelle Obama gave a speech. Everyone was raving about it. Of course, Michelle Obama is a great orator. Or is it order? Order? Orator? Orator, right? She speaks well. Yeah. <laughs> um, and goes well, high when they go low. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a tweet on Twitter that said, when they go high, I go medium because the God, God is still working on me. And I... <laughs> in the pits of my soul. (laughs) But as someone that works in sort of like policy, I think that we don't give enough credit to the people writing these speeches. Although I know Michelle Obama is incredibly intelligent, incredibly eloquent, there was someone who wrote that speech or or at least helped her write the speech. And so shout out to whoever that person is. I know you are severely stressed and probably underpaid, but Vanessa sees you, Vanessa hears you. And, you know, I relate. So. Yeah, let's talk about that necklace because it is from a Black-owned brand, right? Yes, it is. It's from this brand called Baichari. And um, the woman's name is Chari, so the brand is called Baichari. And immediately, I think, people started ordering it. And they have, like, a whole time now on the website where it's, like, it won't be shipped until a certain time. Um, It was beautiful. As soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, my God, wait, does her necklace say vote? And... As cliche as this is, I am a sucker for anything that says vote on it. And if it looks cute, I kind of want to buy it. So I almost bought it on the spot. But then I was like, okay, no, no, no. Let me wait and find out more. And um, I loved it. And I just want to make one point about women and the DNC. You know, women's fashion has been long participating in electoral politics way before we even voted, right? Like, Women used to wear corsets and the medal for those corsets, what ended up being donated to make like tanks in World War One, And so like it's only fitting that we're talking about all of the fashion that goes down at the DNC now that we actually are a part of it and all women can actually vote rather than just like some women. And so, but I just wanted to add that in. But back to the necklace itself and that's, and also this being the inner, right around the anniversary of the women's right to vote. Um, I just, I loved it. I, I thought she, it was really, really understated. And that's what I really liked about it. 100%. I love that simplistic, like, style. I love anything gold and dainty. Like, I just am a sucker for it. And Mich- on Michelle, yes. No, it was really, really cute. And I actually almost bought it as well until I think I saw it was like $400. And I was like, you know, <laughs> we're this one day out of the year. So let's not and say we did. Uh, that being said, I do, I have my um, my voting outfit ready in my head. Um, I'm still putting the pieces together, but I know that it's going to be made in China and made in Mexico despite Trump. Uh, I'm not sure what look I'm going to be going for yet, but like I have a couple designers in my head and yeah, I'm even going to go ahead and throw in a little Nigerian there and like maybe throw in a little bit of a, a Delaware or, you know, an Indian something in there just, just to fight Trump. Um, oh, I really like so, that. You know, shout out to the USPS trying to do their thing, trying to stay afloat, but I don't have time for these reindeer games and so I will be voting in person. Um on November 3rd, 2020. Um, I don't care if I catch the Rona. I will do it for my people because I need instant gratification and I want to be able to say that I voted on that day and I want to come home and I want to turn on CNN and I want to walk. I want to have a let's get this idiot out of that White House party. So that's what I'm doing. How are, what are your guys' plans for November 3rd? I have been also thinking about my voting outfit. La- last election, I wore white in honor of who I was voting for. And that was a bust. But still, I will be thinking about my outfit. Um, I think I'll wear white again uh, to vote because it's just symbolic of the women's right to vote. And also, I'm, I think I am voting in person. Um, I thought about it too. I was like, you know what, here's the thing. Like, I, I thought about how many things I would have to actually touch if I go in there, right? Like, I'm going to be wearing my mask. I will have hand sanitizer on me. I'm probably going to be wearing gloves, honestly. And, you know, just walk in, do my thing, walk right out, try to do it midday. And also, I've already decided I'm probably taking the day of the election and the day after off because whatever happens, I I don't know if I'm going to be like stable mentally. 
Oh, definitely. I'm planning my post-election trip as we speak. I want to go out of the country, but since America is the ghetto and they won't let us into anywhere, it has to be a local trip. And so I'm thinking maybe Portland. I don't know. I, I, I need to like unplug and unthink about the aftermath of whatever happens. It's absolutely going to be a shit show at the book factory, if I do say so myself. Come visit us. Yeah, come come to us. Come to New York. <laughs> come to us. I'm trying to get away from the madness. <laughs> what? I don't remember what I was saying. I was just trying to think about what I was going to wear. And I was like, the only thing I can think of is like a school uniform or something. That's like, I really don't want to be here, but like I have to because it's better for my future. But like, I, I don't know. Or something that says like, I'm not thrilled about it either. Maybe my mask will be like, yeah, I'm not happy about it, but I'm here. Give me my sticker. But yeah. Yeah, I I don't. Yeah, I just I know I know exactly where I was last time. I remember the heartbreak. I remember everything, and I'm just like, okay, I need to. I don't know if this year how I'm gonna feel. I just either way, I I don't know where I'll be mentally. I just know I want to physically vote, so I know I've done it, and then whatever happens happens from there, really. Yeah, so I think that the last election day, I remember it so clearly because I was actually breaking up with my boyfriend at the time. <laughs> um, we were like in his car. It was like we had already broken up, but for some reason, I think we needed closure. I don't know what there was to close because like it was done, but then it oh, was there's a fraud. <laughs> and we were like literally breaking up, and um, the radio announced that like it was looking like it was going to be Trump, and we were just both like, "Can this day? Can this day get?" literally any worse and so we just like paused the breakup and went to um, a bar to get margaritas because that it was just we were just like you know what we can we can hold it together for one more night um i but, really like that um no we should have broken up, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> broken up. <laughs> i like the camaraderie and the <laughs> I love when two people are miserable together i'm such a sucker for <laughs> That's exactly what it was. <laughs> we, we probably should have called it quits that night. Um, uh, oh, yeah, I mean, I remember that I was at Gramercy Ale House and I had just walked in and they had just announced New York. And I think she had only gotten like 70% of the New York vote, which I remember thinking in retrospect, like, that's weird, only 70? But okay. And like the whole bar was ready to like cheer. And then like, slowly all the other states started rolling in and like the mood in the bar and like the bar was filled with like very hot men and it was like really nice and everyone just started all of a sudden looking like they were dying and that's when we all died collectively and now we're here yeah i was in long island and um i threw up not because (laughs) not because i was in long island (laughs) i want to clarify that but because of the results and that's all i remember but guys it's gonna be different this year i feel it it's gonna be different this year um i just i'm gonna manifest you know i'm hoping that mercury is not in retrograde or anything like that i'm gonna manifest it we're gonna have a better november 3rd because you know I feel like genuinely people are pumped up. While I didn't personally watch the DNC, I saw a number of people did. And like I have been seeing the notion that people feel like they are renewed or they are motivated or whatever it is. Like whatever the point of the DNC was, people got it. So I am looking forward to, you know, change for once. But speaking about change, can we talk about the choice of hosts? I think they did a phenomenal job picking four women, three of them being women of color. I don't really know who or what a Julia Lewis Dreyfus is. Is that who that was? I don't who was who was it? That is <laughs> Julia Louise Dreyfus, who is obviously Elaine on Seinfeld and she is also Selena Meyer and Myers and Veep. Really great actress. Veep, I recommend everyone watch Veep. It's a hilarious show. Oh, and- the Veep lady, like the main Veep? Yes, yes. She- oh, okay, okay. <laughs> okay, then I know who she is. <laughs> Or God, billionaire. Yeah. He's a billionaire? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's um, Tabika, who is he again? Oh, yeah. They're from uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus's family, is like an old school billionaire family. And that's what she comes from. I think that 
her and her billionaire husband and the rest of those ladies did a great job. Um, I definitely got the feels. I think the first night I watched it like live was when Kerry Washington was hosting. And oh my God, do I miss Olivia Pope? Oh my God. (laughs) As you guys know, I tried to watch Scandal to get pumped up for this episode and to heartbreak finding out that Scandal is not on Netflix anymore because I just wanted to see the power walk of Olivia Pope because honestly there's no other well I was gonna say I was a mess that night I was like crying at every single speech I feel like every single segment but every time they cut back to Carrie I was like yes these pinstripes like keep giving it to me and I would be like oh okay deep breaths uh, those pinstripes like I was literally thinking I was like this is like a 1920s zoot suit spin- pinstripe and only Carrie Washington can pull that off because she just walked in and she just exuded power and she was giving the camera that olivia pope look and we're like okay we're here we're at the dnc with you yeah and i really one thing i really enjoy about her is i never realized how great of a host she was just in general but i think she went to gw or georgetown like she went to school in dc and i think she studied either government or political science so i definitely love that you know she is putting her degree to work. Um, I think she is a fantastic fake politician. Um, and you know, that got me excited. And I think that it was, that's a way to get people like, well, not people like me, but like just the younger millennial sort of like Gen Z generation pumped to see people like that. I think that seeing a Carrie Washington at the DNC is like probably more, you know, I don't know what the word is, but I think it's probably more exciting than seeing like a Kirsten Gillibrand or whatever. Like, cause we relate to Carrie. She has never spent a day in the white house, but like we relate to her. And like you said, that pantsuit was phenomenal. The hair was phenomenal. Like everything was phenomenal. Um, I also want to give props to Tracy Ellis Ross, who I just, I love that woman so much. Like she is just, she is me in like 15 years, just like rich, single, like just living her best life and always just, Playing at every moment. Um, she is a queen. She's queen of the statement belt. And I really wish I knew where that belt was from. But oh my God, that whole outfit together, I feel like on anyone else would have just looked like a giant potato sack with a belt wrapped around it. But she pulled off the color so well. She pulled off the entire look so well, even with her little lazy eye. Like I always felt like, you know, I was in tune. And so again, <laughs> someone that I alone. <laughs> She is so beautiful. I she <laughs> literally is so beautiful. I didn't even know that she had anything wrong with her eye. It's Never because the internet, the internet is a very mean place. And I watched Girlfriends. I have watched every yes. single episode of Girlfriends probably two times over. But it wasn't until memes became a thing that I realized that she actually did have a lazy eye because they would always take pictures and they always use her meme in that way. And I'm like, this is so me, but it is actually hilarious. But um, Tracy Ellis Ross is Diana Ross's daughter. And anybody from that family, I'm just like, bow down. You guys are all beautiful. Um, her outfit was fantastic. I, it, it, You're right. Like, it is the type of dress that if anyone wore it, like, if you cannot, like, you, that dress can wear a person, but she wore that dress. Right, right, right. Um, I want to see more of her. <laughs> I want to see more of her. And then um, one person whose outfit I was a little bit disappointed in was um, Elizabeth Warren. I can't even say that name without shedding a little bit of a tear because okay. I feel like that was my candidate. That's who I really wanted. And I was actually talking to my friend about this. Um, I feel like I don't like the rebrand that they did on her. When I first got introduced to Elizabeth Warren was really during HRC's campaign. And, you know, she was just sort of this formidable, like, fiery, doesn't give a damn kind of woman. She'll say what she wants. She was a nasty woman. And I love that about her. She was supposed to be the person that would say what Hillary wouldn't. And I really love that fire about her. But it seems like when it went, once she announced that she was running for president, they sort of, like, changed her into this, like, grandma who bakes cookies and is just, like, a lifelong teacher and is so sweet and, you know... like, I just feel like that is not her. That's not who I fell in love with. And so she has been wearing that same tired red jacket from Talbot's for the longest time. I think every single appearance she has, she wears that like, um, cropped sort of like collarless 
jacket that you can get at any Ann Taylor or Talbot's. And it comes, she wears it in purple. I've seen it in brown. I've seen it in red. And it's like, woman, woman. You don't even have to describe it. It's already ingrained in my mind. Right. But, <laughs> but I will say she can do no wrong in my eyes. I love that woman with my whole, and her sweet aunt. Who's her aunt? Her aunt that when she was, uh, her story, and she's told it. In oh, mind. yes. Her st- <laughs> How did I forget the whole speech? Come on now. <laughs> I was just so upset at the blazer. <laughs> her aunt B, um, we don't all have an aunt B. Ugh. all deserve one. I love her so much. And like you guys, like she, she was my first candidate. And I actually was introduced to her back in 2013 when I was an intern for Planned Parenthood. And we got to go down to DC for a few days and like meet a bunch of leaders and like walk through Congress and stuff. And she was one of the speakers. And she was one of the few politicians in my life that really stood out to me because of we met a bunch of them and she was one of the few ones that after her speech, she stayed back to talk with all of the young girls in the room and like really like come around each table and just like kind of get to know us. And I remember even then I was like, wow, this woman is amazing. And I had seen her being interviewed on the daily show when she wasn't even a senator, but so to see her in person, I was like, Oh my God. And then following her career since like, I mean, she created the consumer protection financial bureau there. I mean, what, what more can she do? And so I miss her. I miss her dog. I miss so much of her. And you're right. I, I think that when she started running, she had to tame so much of who she is and like so much of what we all fell in love with about her. We also like all owe it to her that Bloomberg, like she eviscerated Bloomberg's entire campaign. Like that was single-handedly on her, which is incredible. But I do... I mean, and I, I, my heart breaks for her because she's easily the most qualified and just incredible candidate that was out there. And they just chewed her up. They didn't even chew her up and spit her out. They didn't even give her enough attention to chew her up. And it infuriates me. Yeah, I was really sad. And um, was it Super Tuesday where I was like, wow, like, this is really the America that I live in. The fact that she couldn't get one state, not even her home state. I was so disappointed. Like, I honestly wanted to just, like, give back my blue passport. But I need it because my green passport doesn't get me anywhere. Oh, right now, they both don't get me anywhere. I was about to say that. I don't know. Um, So we can't be sexist, guys. We have to talk about the men as well. Um, Equality, affirmative action, all that. Um, Let's talk about Obama. And um, number one, great speech. I love that he was really, in recent history, one of the only past presidents to go in on a sitting president like that. I think that it was totally necessary. I love that he was able to do it and still kind of be classy and just kind of be Obama. Um, not sure how I'm feeling about this. It's not even a salt and pepper look anymore. It's just a salt look. Um, he's aging like fine wine. And, you know, uh, I don't know what suit he was wearing. Maybe it's Tom Ford, but I do know that it was nice. It was pressed. It was a a nice little shade of indigo, maybe a little bit of violet. And so, yeah, that's enough men's fashion, guys. I really cannot think of anything else. <laughs> it's also just nice to see a fitted suit on someone opposed to what we've had to look at for the last four years. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the thing about poli- pol- male, male politicians is that they do sort of have that 90s oversized. I'm like, you have all this access and money. Can, can you just get your life? Like, you are bringing your women down. Um, I don't even know what Joe wore. I, I figure it's some sort of black suit, white shirt, blue tie. I don't know. I'm just guessing. Um, but I did not watch any of Joe's speech at all. Um, his wife, Jill, loved Jill. Um, she had a very J. Crew esque number on, uh, a military green dress, which I think is really funny considering what happened at the RNC um, with Melania <laughs> Trump. Uh, so, on today's fascist fashion news, um, Melania Trump was giving us World War II chic in an Alexander McQueen blazer, military green, double-breasted, and some sort of like skirt that went along with it. And this is why fashion and politics is so important because Diet Prada is having a field day without look. I mean, if your husband has been compared to Hitler 
um, Kim Jong-il, King Jong-un, like literally any dictator in modern history. It's probably best that you don't show up to the national convention that's nominating him for president dressed as a Nazi officer. Like She looked like Fidel Castro. Like she <laughs> literally looked like, and, I, and th- that woman, like, I feel like, the thing with Melania's outfits, like, they're just so boring to me. Be- and objectively speaking, like, they're just fine. Like, you know, nothing really stands out when she wears it. Because she just looks like a rich Upper East Side lady that does not want to be there. And that's really all she gives you. She does not want to be there. You don't want to hear her speak. She doesn't want to speak. She was just like, I did not sign up for this. Yet I'm here spewing birtherism. And... She is so she's still complicit. So I just like nothing about her impresses me. And it just makes me sad that, you know, we went from Michelle Obama to this. You know, I actually like some of her outfits. Like I I wouldn't even lie. Like some of the looks I'm like, you know what? I would wear that. Would I wear that there? Probably not. Um, I don't know if you guys remember when she went to go visit the people in Texas after Hurricane Harvey and she had like the Ray-Ban aviators and the Christian Louboutin heels and the leather jacket. And I was like, girl, this is a look, but probably should not be wearing this in the middle of a hurricane. Like it's like, at first of all, I don't even know if it's safe for you to wear this with category four wins, but um, yeah. So I generally don't mind her fashion, but, and even the look last night, you know, time and place, like it probably would not have been so bad, but I just don't know why she chose to. She business casual to her husband's yeah i mean we can't forget when she wore the i really don't care jacket to the border (laughs) Um, like what how i i that still boggles my mind that that just like i mean yeah i was covered but like that's insane that is mind-blowing to me that is so but I'm, you can edit this out because I was going to say something bad. <laughs> but that is just like not so you, I forgot who said she kind of dresses like she doesn't really want to be there. But that was her literally being like, no, I really don't want to be here. I'm going to put it on the back of my jacket. Like she's been crying for help since day one. And, you know, I just can't wait to read the book she writes when all this is said and done. Um, speaking of, I think some um, some person, some Republican some troll on Twitter said something like, um, we need more people like Melania in politics and less people like Cardi B. And Cardi B responded, I'm pretty sure her WAP is what got her <laughs> to where she is today. And I thought that was hilarious. Cardi B for president. I saw that. And I think I actually saw it because you liked it, if I'm not mistaken. But I just, I aspire to be that quick and that witty. And I just love Cardi. I love her. We need more people like her in the world and in politics. Yes, I I love Cardi. She's so smart. And every time she even makes any statement on it, she's just, she's saying what the people want to hear and are thinking. And honestly, it's like, that's exactly what it is. It's like her quick response. Of course, Republicans are going to say some stupid shit like that and then act like they aren't criticizing the same thing that who they're defending did the same to get up there. Um, yeah, no, it, I mean, Melania, that's the thing with Melania. You know what it is? We we don't have a first lady. That's really what it comes down to for me. Like, she's just not there. Like, I even remember, like, when Laura Bush was first lady. Like, I remember she was a librarian. She really wanted you to read. And she was really adamant about children's literacy. And so, like, with Melania, she keeps trying to talk about be best. And I'm just like, that doesn't even make sense grammatically. So, like, what are we saying here? And also, like, be best to who? Your husband? Are you joking right now? Honestly, I can't tell you a single thing that woman does except for hate Trump. <laughs> um, I really can't. I, on, I feel like I saw her the first day at the inauguration in blue. I saw her in the heels in Harvey. I saw the border jacket and then that, like, that's literally it. Like, I, I don't know what that woman does with her life. And also is Baron Trump, like, where is he? How can you miss him? He's like nine feet tall. <laughs> the only positive thing that Melania does is the hand swatting, the refusing to hold Trump's yeah. hand. Like, that is her contribution to society. And that's the only thing I'll give her credit for. 
Agreed. And she also butchers the rose garden in, in her mean uh, spare time. Um, speaking of Cardi, actually, did you guys see the interview she did with um, Joe Biden, which just showed so clearly how uninspiring that man is? Like, I, I thought my thing with Joe Biden is, you know, I really genuinely think that, you know, he's a good guy and he, his mind is in the right place. But he strikes me as one of those people who thinks he's a lot more progressive than he actually is. And a lot of his politics, a lot of his demeanor is very condescending. And I just couldn't. I feel like he kept talking to Cardi in such a patronizing way. And I didn't really like that. I don't know. Basically, Cardi was asking him, like, you know, where he stood on this and, you know, speaking up for Black Lives Matter and saying that, you know, we want free health care. We want free college. We want, you know, just not to be shot on the street every day. And he was like, yeah. And so your generation is just, you know, you guys are actually a lot smarter than you think you are. Like, that was the kind of rhetoric he was giving. Uh, It's like, like, I'm smarter than you. Stop talking. <laughs> like every time he speaks, it's just like No, I I agree. Like I feel like every time he talks well, like for the record, like he he's not yes, he's Democrat and everything, but like his record speaks for himself. He does not really have the most progressive stances on a lot of things. And that's why we all feel the way we feel about him. So when he starts getting all patronizing like that, it's like, come on, dude, like we it's not hard we can do a google search we know your record don't say this to us especially to cardi like of all people yeah he he almost acts like he's just entitled to this because he's put in the decades of work that he's kind of like yeah this is just the next step and it's kind of like no that's not how this works like you don't just get hand you just it's not handed to you on a silver platter and that's Exactly what it is. That's how I feel. Like, oh, like, how dare I not be president? Like, I mean, look at this fool in office. You need me. Like, that's that's what I get from him. And it's like, yeah, we do need you to get him out of office, but then we're stuck with you <laughs> for like four years, at least four years after that. So he's, yeah. he's pretty much confirmed he's only going to do one term. I'm kind of just hoping that, you know, he helps get him out of office and then we have Kamala. Agreed. I really, I'm what I'm really looking for is that like the cabinet picks he makes right like i'm really hoping that we get to see warren and treasury there are those things that like basically i'm watching to see who he picks around him so then i can ignore him and look at the people actually doing the work while he's just like in a sense just smiles at the camera pretty much i'm waiting for him to like i really 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 want elizabeth warren to be secretary of education i just feel like that's exactly what we need after ditty devos in office like we need her. I um, don't even mind Jill Biden as Secretary of Education at this point. Like, if Trump's going to go with the nepotism, let's just, you know, keep it going. Like, um, so I don't know how we haven't spoken about Kamala's outfit yet, but actually, I am going to say something that is a hundred percent how I feel in my heart. I feel. Oh so- no! Oh no! You don't even know what I'm going to say. I just get scared. I have an idea. I was just going to say that I think Cardi B would make a better president than Kamala Harris. Oh, one, okay. oh no, 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 no. Hey. I thought you were going to say then Joe Biden, and I was all on board for that. <laughs> so, Dabika, I feel like we need to do, like, a challenge. Like, you're Kamala Harris, and I'm Cardi B. And we are on the debate stage. And I will tell you why I'm going to be such a better president than you. I'm going to give you moderate responses and use my prosecutor background to really pin you down on this one. That's accurate. That's accurate. Brooke, why don't you, why don't you serve as um, Lester Holt? <laughs> what? 60 seconds. Ask us the hard questions, the questions that need to be asked. Well, see, I don't even know what the hard questions would be because no one's asking them anything, but I will. Um, let's see. You're going to have to edit this out while I think for something. Um, I have my Kamala responses ready. <laughs> you don't you want to you even want a hint of the topic or do you just want me to go for it? Let's go for it. Um, all right. All right. I'll just go with this. All right. Um, today, there are more than 2 million Americans that sit behind bars in our nation's correctional facilities. Damn it. (laughs) Sorry, Kamala. This did not mean to be directed towards you, but if the shoe fits. Um, 
the overwhelmingly disproportionate number of whom are people of color and those with mental illness. As president, what do you plan to do to bring more attention to this issue and actually solve it? And Kamala, how do you plan to retroactively correct your mistakes? Yeah, how are you going to do that? Wow. I would just like to say, to come up in the California politics game, I did what I had to do to get there to be the first in my name. And I understand that there are casualties as people, as the law is brought about. And I actually helped with a lot of the bankruptcy laws that went down in the state. So I think we should focus more on all the mortgages and all the things that I fixed for a lot of people versus my past record, because what's done is done. And it's now about fixing those things. And you know what? I want to make marijuana legal. I, I know that's not a popular thing to say, but I'll say it. And um, yeah, that's my stance on it. Cardi? What was the reason? What was the reason? <laughs> okay, it's my turn. What was the question again? The question was, as president, what do you do to pl- or what do you plan to do to bring more attention to this issue and actually solve it? That being the disproportionate number of people of color and mental and those with mental illness in correctional facilities. Well, first of all, I would like to say that this is a topic that's very near and dear to my heart because you know, if you guys watch me on Love and Hip Hop, you know that I was dating someone, you know, in a correctional facility. And I just want to say that it's so effed up that there are so many Black men in the prison industrial complex right now because of marijuana charges. And yet you got Sally Sue in Oklahoma opening up her weed tampon business. Like, I feel like that is just absolutely ridiculous how these white people are making money because of people like Kamala Harris and my ex-boyfriend is still in jail over a charge for some grants or something like that. And so I feel like the first thing that I would do as president is legalize all drugs or at least, you know, declassify marijuana. That would and retroactively pardon anyone who is in jail for a marijuana charge. That's the first thing I will do. And that is the right thing to do. And I feel like, you know, A lot of people, especially a lot of people in the Black community, we don't talk about mental health the way that we should because we don't have these resources afforded to us. Imagine, you know, I have a family member or I know someone who is having an episode and people call the cops and that person is shot dead in the street. Why are we not calling social workers? Why are we not calling, you know, people that are qualified to deal with someone like this, the first thing to do is to police our communities rather than get us help. And so that's where I would start. I would start with defunding the motherfucking police and funding social, mental health, and all those things. And so, yeah. And as Kamala Harris, I can stand... No, you got a rebuttal. You had your 60 seconds. You actually... Um, I'm, I'm, I'm the moderator. I'm the moderator. In California. But what did you do? You locked up people. So you had your time. You know what? And that's why I'm running to fix that. And as Kamala Harris, Cardi, no, I can get behind you. We don't do second chances, okay? <laughs> but we have to vote for guys. Look at my record. I have been nothing but successful since I stepped on the scene. And so, I mean, I'm just saying, I'm a lot cooler than you. The youth relate to me, okay? And I can get shit done. I think it's- I was. I- I was popping my WAP at Coachella when I was six months pregnant. When everyone said my career was over, I was doing that. And look at me now. I have the number one song in the country. And I'm on the same stage as Joe Biden. Where were you? What were you doing? What yeah. were you my baby, My babies have Birkins, okay? <laughs> you know what? I know being Kamala to defend against Cardi is a curse I don't want and anyone. It is just so hard to go against Cardi B when you're such a fan. I think I'm also voting for Cardi now. I think I'm voting for Cardi and I'm supposed to be Kamala. <laughs> well. Um, speaking of also just in general, women in politics, um, I want to talk about about like AOC's makeup routine in Vogue. The, She's so beautiful. She doesn't need makeup. I know. She is stunning. And um I just wanted to, like, I loved her commentary the whole time. And she talks about getting, like, photographed and what she does during the day and the skincare and basically how femininity is power. And I was like, well, yeah, that's exactly why we're doing Politically Couture. 
So um, I don't know. I really loved it. I, I literally took screenshots of all the products she uses because I'm just like, okay, cool. I'm going to buy that. Speaking no. of her, I also was really upset. I'm sorry. Was someone saying something? No, go ahead. I was really bothered by how much flack and hate she got online for her endorsement of Bernie when that is gen- that was just procedural. And she got so much pushback and hate on it. And I was just like, they're just looking for any reason to go after this girl. And that's where I'm like, these are people that clearly don't know what they're talking about. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I think that was a good reminder that people on Twitter are, it's just an echo chamber. No one actually really knows what they're talking about at some certain points. It's just about being the loudest in the room. And that's what I really love about her is that I think when she responds to people like that, she is, first of all, very, very classy. I don't think that I have it in me to be that classy. Um, and I don't follow her on Instagram, but I see a lot of her screenshots on Twitter. And I love that she kind of does the behind the scenes of being a politician and really explains things to people. Because number one, I don't think a lot of people knew that that was procedural. And it sucks that she had to be attacked and like, you know, NBC News had to like have that salacious headline um, for her to really bring it to people's attention. But you know, she answered the question so eloquently, um, saying that, you know, she's not going to blame the media because she understands that these are people with jobs and, you know, they're doing what they need to do to get fed. But at the same time, she sort of like blames this cycle of just having the punchiest headline or clickbait so that people click in your article and read it. And so I think that was like a really big move of her to really just say, you know, they're doing their job, but it's also they're doing a shitty job. Um, and I like that she sort of explains like what you were talking about, Dabika, about, well, I'm actually photographed every day. And so I have to make sure my skin looks good. And I never thought about it like that because these politicians are photographed almost every day like celebrities, but we don't think about them in that context. And then I love how she said, you know, I'm going to wear my red lipstick. <laughs> I'm going to wear my red lipstick on the um, congressional floor and you're going to have to deal with it. Um, there was also something that she said where people were asking her about, you know, how she really broke down her speech. And she was talking about how being a bartender really helped her, um, speaking to people and interrogating people and things like that. So I think she really just has like really, really cool content for people who may not know that much about politics, but are really looking to understand more. Um, and my thing with her is like, I don't want to call myself like a stand, even though I low key am, but <laughs> I think like the pedestal is so high for her that there's only, you can only go down from there. And I want people to just give her the space to do the work that needs to be done, give her the space to be her, give her the space to make mistakes and give her the space to just grow as a politician. She's only been there for two years. And so I tried to not buy into the AOC said this or AOC did this. Like, just give that woman the same respect and the same space that you gave everybody else. Because I feel like all eyes are on her right now. But I think she's doing an amazing job. And I just can't wait to see, you know, where she goes with her career and stuff. Yeah, I, I agree. Like her, she did this one thing on her Instagram about her tips for consuming media and staying informed. And honestly, it was like media literacy 101. And I was like, yeah, this is literally how your politician should speak. And honestly, more power to her because I'm such a firm believer that it shouldn't be like a person like me who's like so obsessed with politics and like reads about it all the time and loves to read books about it, who should be entering politics. It should be more your everyday person that like a bartender, like your teacher who looks around and sees what's wrong and has the idea to fix it and just runs her politics. And it is because she comes from that background, I feel, that she's able to just break down that barrier and give us that background into, like, what it's like. I mean, when she was talking about, like, putting a color corrector under her eye, I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. That does, like, make a difference in a picture. And then, like, just about having – when she was coming up, no one really knew her. So, like, the bold red lip became her thing. And I'm like, that makes so much sense. And we don't – think about it in that context because women really haven't been allowed to talk about like fashion. I mean, before female politicians did not want to be asked what they were wearing or questions about it because they were scrutinized for it because they wouldn't be taken seriously. So it's really, really nice to see this like next generation of politicians that are, you know, breaking those barriers down for us while also looking like us, not looking like, you know, 
your like 56 year old like made up politicians that's been doing it for years they're literally using the same products we use yeah so what would be your signature thing if you were a politician like what would be your signature look hmm Brooke what would be yours and you just did that because you don't know yours yet I do know mine <laughs> okay well then Tabika you have the floor okay fine okay well, you guys know that I have been also wearing a red lip forever. Um, well, not forever, since 2013, since we were all in Paris together. I have worn a red lip since. But I think wearing a lot of pink would be my signature thing in, like, understated ways. Like, I think pink is a powerful color, and I really hate that it's, like, the one color that so much – there are so many misogynistic undertones about women wearing it and, like, not being able to take it seriously. That's why, like, as a developer, like – I wear pink a lot because it's really, really common for a lot of women to take out like that girly side of them once they enter tech. And I think I would probably be my more most girly self in politics because if I'm already toning it up for tech, I think I would be on fire for it in politics. Yeah, I I think I would maybe go the jewelry route or the nail polish route because I'm going back to Lilo. Her nail polish that she wore when she was in court, the tie-dyed one that said, and she like wrote fuck you on it, and it got her in a lot of trouble. I wouldn't go that bold, but something along those lines, inspiring. I think for me, I would represent for Black women all over it and just change my hair every day. Um, I feel like a lot of times, and I was actually looking at this with... um, Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden, like, I feel like a lot of the women in politics or a lot of people in politics in general just kind of dress like cartoon characters. And so like, I would want to switch my look up constantly. Like one day I would have braids. The next day I would have a full wig. The next day I would have cornrows. The next day I would be blonde. I, like my hair would be like determined by my mood. I, I would basically be Cardi B. And so, you know, when I have my straight slick bob, I mean business. <laughs> um, I think that would be my thing. I think it would be really fun to just really have, you know, creative liberty over my fashion and what I wear and have people guessing. But that's just me because I'm dramatic. No, um, and I think we know who Vanessa's 2024 candidate is. Hardy. <laughs> so my own popular opinion is that my 2024 I, you know how I never, I don't, I'm apolitical when it comes to picking parties. I don't claim Democrat. I don't claim Republican. I actually sometimes claim Libertarian, um, just for the fun of it. Um, um, sometimes I'm also a member of the Green Party. It, just, it really just depends on how I'm feeling that day. Um, no permanent friends, no permanent enemies. But I feel like I really see 2024 being, um, if Biden wins, obviously. Biden versus um what is this guy's name? He's the governor of my state and I can't think of his name right now. Larry Hogan. Yeah. I really feel like 2024 is going to be Joe Biden, Larry Hogan, and I honestly that would be a toss up for me because they're essentially the same person. One just gets stuff actually done. They're essentially the same moderate like if you guys don't know Larry Hogan is Republican, but I live in Maryland so that doesn't even really matter. Um, they're the same kind of like moderate, stale, white man. You know, I don't think that it would be between Biden and another white guy. I think that when Bi- if it, Biden makes it into this office, he's going to have a pretty diverse cabinet. And people are going to get used to seeing that. And because they'll be used to seeing that, I think we're going to have like another diverse person come in as like the like the candidate i don't know if like we like when i think biden and larry hogan i feel like i'm watching like a 1980s like election you know what i mean whereas like i don't think it's gonna look like that in 2024 granted if we don't lose our country this time i mean look if it goes the way if it goes the way it's going now um and we're watching hatch act violations happen on the regular and it's not even a problem we don't know what's going to happen with uh, 2024. My response to that is, have you met Republicans? Um, we had Obama and Biden and pretty much all white people. And they responded by giving us Trump and Pence. 
to me, that is like giving us black candy black. corn and like asparagus. So I really feel like if we come in with Biden, yes, he's white, old, same old, same old. But Kamala is also like Jamaican Indian and a woman. I feel like that is just too much diversity for them that they're going to get. I don't even know. So <laughs> I, I don't see them copying on the diversity train anytime soon. I just don't. Like oh, that's every every woman that spoke at the um, RNC was just they they looked like they worked for Fox News. Just like oh my skinny. god, they dressed so poorly. Like ugh. they they dressed so poorly. It was, I mean, Kimberly Goldfile, I think it was. And then, like, all of them wore red. I'm like, listen, I get red is the color of your party. But, like, way to wear it out because none of the dresses looked good. They all looked really cheap. And, I was like, like, when I say cheap, it literally looked like clubbing dresses that no one should wear. And I was like, why are you guys wearing this? Um, and the hair was too much. It did look like a Fox News, like, panel. And also, where was Tulsi Gabbard? I heard she was like legitimately not invited, like specifically not invited to the DNC. Yeah, yeah, that's because she was booked for the RNC convention. <laughs> uh, that's because she is a Russian spy. Okay, the <laughs> Martian. I'm convinced she's not even from this earth. But I did like her hair. I will say she always wore white, and she had that like little silver stripe. I I was with it. Um, oh, yeah. you were, Vanessa. Of course you were. <laughs> she was, I, I just liked her look. Um, no, I'm kidding. She did have a really good look. Um, <laughs> guys, I, she looked uh, like a comic book villain. Can you a say what? that again? She looked like a comic book, book villain to me. Yeah, she looked like Shigo, and I, I was with it. They really did just get rid of her, though, didn't they? Like, she's nowhere to be found. Uh, I mean, the moment Trump people started retweeting her in support, it was over for her Democratic career. I feel like her and Tiffany Trump have a standing happy hour lunch every Friday to just talk about being unwanted. I don't know. They seem like they would be really good friends. No, Tiffany's busy looking for a job because her father, who's the president of the United States, somehow cannot get her a job. Meanwhile, he has given every other spawn a position somewhere. Oh my goodness, you guys. Speaking of children, <laughs> how do we not talk about um, Kellyanne Conway's daughter? Oh my God. Claudia Conway just going in on her parents. I love it. I, I, I thought, um, I I thought her dad that. was critical of Trump too. He is critical of him, but he is still a very staunch Republican. Um, and that actually kind of, they touched upon that, um, I think in the last few days here. He kind of very much so was like, I might criticize Trump and I might despise the man, but don't be confused. I'm still very much conservative. And I think she even might have commented on it. I honestly feel really bad for her. That's really sad to see how it's all playing out. I mean, good for her for standing up for it and, you know, sticking to her values and morals. But that's just really sad to watch play out. Not for them. I don't feel an ounce of sympathy for I'm not even gonna say their names the parents but I do my heart hurts for her yeah but she's like the queen of TikTok so I'm not that sad um she just needs to start a GoFundMe or an OnlyFans and I will gladly support that would be the first OnlyFans I subscribe to I'm just saying she's gonna make money off those TikToks huh she'll make money off those TikToks Yeah, yeah um I don't know I just I like what she's doing even if it's all trolling, I still like that, you know, she's made a name for herself and is really exposing, you know, her parents. And it's just the reality show. Like, I'm waiting. It's, it's happening. That up. <laughs> like, that is what I injected into my veins. That's what I want to see. But, um, you guys, I think that just about does it for our political talk this week. Um, mm-hmm. Excited for our next episode. I think it's going to be the skinny, not fashion episode. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, I mean, I guess, well, who do we think was the best dressed of this DNC? Definitely for me, definitely Carrie Washington. Yeah, same. Um, yeah, I think that's unanimous. Carrie killed it. Olivia Pope d- does it again. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't even, what is, what's happening next now? I guess now we just wait for the debates. Like, that should be super interesting. 
I want to see Kamala drag Pence through the mud. That's what I want to watch. Mud is being nice. Yeah. <laughs> mud is being nice. Honestly, if I never hear that man speak again, it'll be too soon. What do we think Kamala's going to wear? Because, you know, we she loves a pinstripe moment, too. Hmm. She might wear blue when she's, like, really feeling presidential. Yeah, she always wears – she would wear blue um, – when she like when there's like a very high profile sort of hearing, like any sort of judiciary committee thing, always blue, always. I love that you guys know this woman's wardrobe. It's so fascinating to me. <laughs> there's just a few like things that are ingrained in my memory, mainly the the Kavanaugh hearing. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, until next time, ladies, I am going to go figure out. What's my next handbag purchase? I'm actually thinking about getting the St. Laurent um, Sunset bag. If something pulls through for me, which I'm hoping it does, that will be my next purchase. It's either going to be that or an oven because that's how <laughs> just old and suburban I am now. <laughs> but we'll see which Vanessa wins over. What are you guys coveting right now? I literally have been looking at some shoes to buy and – um, I just don't, I'm like, where am I going to go is really the real question. So I'm always looking at shoes and outfits. It's just more of like, I haven't really gotten anywhere to wear them. So it's kind of just like justifying every purchase at this point. Yeah. I've given up on looking at clothes. I'm literally buying a desk because I found out I'm working from home until 2021 and also a new cat tree for my cat. So. That is, if you didn't already assume you knew exactly who I was, there you go. That is it. Well, it's been great, guys. Until next time, take care of yourself and vote. Bye. Bye. Bye.